Welcome in to On Texas Football, a little Saturday recruiting conversation. High school football around the country officially underway. You know, Utah starts in late July. Let's get that out of the way. Jokingly, it's early August. Most states started this weekend with their full schedules. A lot of jamborees uh, last weekend uh, leading up to this weekend. But Texas high school football fully underway. Duncanville with a big win. Colin Simmons shot out of a cannon. Alex January looks stronger. Keelan and Russell and DeCorey and Moore combined for about 275 passing yards, just the two of them. And Duncanville's 34-13 win over Dallas South Oak Cliff. That's not the South Oak Cliff team that had Manny Muhammad, Billy, Walton, and 11 Power 5 guys. But Duncanville is tremendous because of Keelan Russell, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I was a little at Atascacita and Dickinson for a little bit. Then I came back and watched K.J. Lacey, which we'll get into. I'm joined by Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3 and Sam Spiegelman, national analyst of On3. Uh, currently in New Orleans. I think he'll be living in Texas with all of us here pretty soon. I don't know if I was supposed to say that, Sam, but uh, you're back you're, you're, you're moving to Texas. Um, but, Sam, you were at U-High last night, and I know you were watching Melvin Hills and Don McKinley Thursday night. Uh, Justin was at Lufkin last night. Let's start with Dominic McKinley, though, because that's the name everybody's talking about from a Texas perspective. Dominic McKinley, number 22 in the country, five-star defensive lineman out of Acadiana High. He is announcing September 1st. And the five finalists are Texas A&M, Texas, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU. I think Sam and I are pretty much on the same page after both visiting Acadiana this week. But, Sam, you take it away, kind of what you gathered on Dominic McKinley Thursday. Yeah, well, I think, you know, he has a top three. It's It's private. Yeah. I think there's there's two teams that are definitely right in the middle of that top three, and then the third is up for grabs. But what I can assure you is the top two teams are Texas-based, it feels like, based on the, the evidence of his recruitment, based on the kind of kid that he is and the kind of things that are important to Dominic McKinley and his small circle, which keeps things as tight to the chest as, as any high-level recruit I can remember. Yeah. And that includes Arch Manning. I think we have a, a, even less of a grasp on Dominic McKinley than we did on Arch, uh, you know, during his recruitment. Um, to me, this, you know, I, w- would it be a surprise if he went to A&M? No. I, I think that they fit the bill in a, in a pretty big way as well. But I, me, I left – obviously, my pick was originally on LSU. I felt very uncomfortable with that. I feel way more comfortable with Texas going into September 1st knowing all we do about the the kid, about his recruitment, and how much of a priority he is, just as Colin Simmons was as Texas makes that leap into the SEC. Yeah, and Sam, I think what will be interesting, what I learned Tuesday, and Justin, we'll get all three of our opinions because you all have RPMs in for Texas with Dominic. Um, I have not cast mine yet. I'm uh, chilling out for a couple of days here. Um, Which is shocking. I know. Um, so here, here was my here, – from the Texas perspective, guys – Here's where I think Texas has going for him. And I'm not saying he's going to Texas. So Texas fans, we're talking about what does a school have going for them as this decision gets near. I, the one thing that's always stuck with me when I talk to the mom at Bergstrom airport after the June 23rd through 25th official visit, the first thing she commented on was the APR on the defensive line at Texas has improved under Steve Sarkeesian. All right, so Texas has a good handle on this recruitment. The mom has been in education 24 years. She's a former teacher that's over all the teachers in Lafayette Parish. She's got a big job in education. 
Education is sometimes a talking point. It's not in this recruitment. Relationships are important, sometimes a talking point. They're very important in this recruitment as well. So I think education combined with football is a strength for Texas here. I think the other thing is the mom's talking to Sarkeesian. The kid's talking to Sark and Bo Davis. So Bo Davis has a good relationship. And, and Sam and I were talking off air yesterday. Bo's resume can help Texas, a player development in this one. But then Sarkeesian has a good rapport with the mom and Dominic. So how many other head coaches and position coaches combined have that type of relationship, that level of relationship? We'll see. We'll know when he commits. But I think Texas has some things going in their favor, Justin. I do too. And and the thing you have to also remember with Dominic is and, and with most recruits, when they set a date, they've yeah. got a pretty good idea. That's kind of when it's like, okay, yeah. it's it they've got a pretty good idea of where they're going. And and Texas did a tremendous job with it with a handful of guys during those June official visits. None better than Colin Simmons. I think that official visit weekend won the recruitment ultimately. And I think Dominic is in that category. I think that OV was tremendous. I think they answered all the questions. Every box was checked. And, you know, a kid like this, this I would generally just reserve him to LSU. Number one D lineman in Louisiana, don't leave state. It's almost against the law. (laughs) It doesn't happen. But from what I've learned, the LSU relationship isn't as solid as it is with some other programs and some other places for whatever reason. And so at the end of the day, I think Texas makes too much sense. And, and that's why I'm excited about September 1st. I, I can't wait to, to kind of see how it all plays out. Uh, I felt good about my RPM a couple weeks ago. I felt even better when Sam came through with his own uh, <laughs> a, a few days later. And so, um, yeah, at this stage, I think Texas has been tremendous. I think McKinley would be the fourth. He would be the fourth D lineman in what would be an incredible D-line haul for the 2024 cycle. But the thing I always remember, too, is no matter who he decides, no matter where he decides on September 1st, this thing is not over. You don't don't stop recruiting 6'5", 285-pound, five-star defensive lineman. Just that's a good point, Sam. I want your thoughts in a second on something Justin said, because I think you agree. Um, The last couple things on Dominic. Yeah, so – in talking with the Acadiana staff, they're treating this like a commitment, not a signing, by the way. And I think Sam probably got the same impression. That's why I think they weren't really wanting to make a big deal about this because they're like, signing day is the big deal. This is a commitment. But, Sam, to Justin's point, most kids, and I do 100% believe this, when they set a date, they pretty much know where they're going But once they set the date, boy, the pressure of the recruiting process really begins. I think you kind of agree with Justin that Dominic had a pretty good idea when he set this date. Yeah, I I like the way this conversation is flowing because in my (laughs) mind, like, you know, this is like detectives trying to put together a board and make it all make sense. Um, What we do know, and again, we've talked about this off air and, and the way it lined up, Justin is right. That Texas official visit, their biggest weekend of the summer, that last weekend of June, Dominic said that his decision was made shortly after that. And the big takeaway, and we'll have a full story on on three for Monday, um, but I'm glad we get to talk about this now, is, is going into Friday. That decision hasn't changed. He said he feels even more comfortable with that decision. And like Jerry said, Texas A&M and Ohio State and LSU and, and Oklahoma and Texas as well have all kicked it into overdrive since the beginning of August. This has been an absolute rat race. It's been absolute madness. Um, but 
in Dom's own words, he feels good about his decision. He's stuck to his guns. And I think what we know about the kid, this is as old school of a recruitment as, as we get in 2023. Um, and if we're trying to, you know, figure out which school checks the boxes, you have to feel pretty good about Texas's chances in the big picture from what we do know. From what we do know. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be some major conversations going on this weekend and that in those households as well. Um, we don't have a time for Friday yet, right, Sam? No, still waiting on that. Yeah, still waiting on that. So there you go. Uh, it's cha- It's gone from a social media commitment to probably some hats on the table and announcement. So I, I, this thing's evolving day by day. So that's uh, a lot on Dominic McKinley, the five-star from Acadiana High, who announces September 1st out of Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Again, Justin Wells joining and Sam Spiegelman joining myself here on a little Saturday recruiting conversation on On Texas Football. Um, let's move on to Kobe Black. Uh, he had a big 92-yard run last night, I think I saw on social media. You guys have both talked to Kobe quite a bit over this process. So I'm going to set the tables, and y'all can go back and forth and kind of like we just did. Kobe Black, five-star corner prospect out of Waco Connolly, 6'2", almost 200 pounds. That was Justin's reporter. You lose a little weight in August, but let's say he started at 200 pounds. That guy's playing too many snaps to maintain 200 pounds. Yeah. But he, this decision, again, all these kids talk December, January, and then when it gets close to the season, man, these timetables change, and we don't believe Kobe Black's going to December as he originally planned. He does have LSU scheduled for September 9th officially, and he also has Alabama and Texas a on the books if the recruitment goes that long. But I think we're all in the same place, coming from the same place. I think we all have – all three have RPMs here pretty high. That Texas has a nice lead over Texas A&M, LSU, and the rest of the programs. But what this one's coming down to, guys, is still going to come down to close to home. Uh, you go, we've been to Ohio State, been to Oregon, seen some places. But still, we're all talking Texas. Texas A&M's been trying to close that gap. LSU's been trying to close that gap. Let's talk a little bit about Kobe Black. Justin, I'll start with you. Then we'll go to Sam on Kobe Black. Yeah, with Kobe, I think you said it. He had maintained that he wanted to wait until December, just like a lot of these guys have. And then all of a sudden that – starts to get chopped in half yeah kind of like with ryan wingo ryan wingo and adamant he's gonna wait till december and then he talked to him a couple weeks later and well it might happen a little bit sooner kobe black is in the same boat i've seen him a couple times in the last couple weeks i'll actually be in waco next week uh next friday to watch the la vega Connolly game that's always a just a fight that's a football or basketball by the way football or basketball those are some hellacious games now they that's a fist fight of a competition man i love how dirty and and just nasty those guys get it's a real good rivalry and so kobe texas has really sold the early impact They, they 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 when he came in with his father for the official they set him down and they and actually they did this twice they did it also when he we came in in late july on that friday him and his dad snuck into austin and Sark showed the entire plan. He said, look, you're going to replace Ryan Watts. He's going to go to the NFL next year. You're going to slide into his role. You're going to have an immediate impact. That's what Kobe wanted to hear. That's what the family wants to hear. Kobe wants to play early. He's a competitor. He comes from a family of nothing but athletes. Mid-term enrollee. Mid-term enrollee. Giving up. Yeah, there's another thing. He enrolls in January, which I feel like half the class is doing that now. But Texas, I think, really separated – in, in the spring, they really – I think this is when the recruitment really started to take shape was in the spring. He took three, maybe four unofficials to Austin from spring in the summertime. He, he got really close with those guys. Watch Texas A&M. 
they are really creeping. That he has a great relationship with, with some of those coaches. He, he that's that's the school I would watch. Now he likes LSU and he wants to go see a game down there. He likes Oregon. He'd like to go up there and see a game. But I go to proximity. I don't think he's going to go to those schools. I think he still wants to take those visits and watch those games. But at the end of the day, I don't think this goes to December. I can see a, a decision in mid-September. And I think Texas is still the, the lead horse. They just have to follow through. They've got to, they, they got to recruit it through the whistle because I'm telling you, A&M is the school to watch in this recruitment if it's not Texas. Hey, the theme, first two guys we talked about, Sam, I mean, could come down to Texas, Texas A&M. That's probably why we're here doing this show today all together. So your thoughts on Kobe Black, probably similar to Justin, but from your perspective, talking to Kobe and his family. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, the proof is sometimes in the pudding with with some of these top flight recruits. And, and Kobe Black made a, a lot of visits over the spring, and he kept going back to Austin. I mean, even when I went up to, to Connolly, he was set to go back to Austin that weekend, and that was in May. Yeah. Um, Yep. The buzz around him at the time was that Texas was out in front. But, hey, keep an eye on Alabama. Keep an eye on A&M. What I had heard about him was that Texas, he really connected with Coach Sark. Um, they said that, you know, he kind of liked his West Coast vibe, his demeanor. It just kind of fit with Kobe. Uh, but then there were kind of – there was some hesitation about his fit in Austin that maybe he would fit better in a college station or a Tuscaloosa, smaller town environment as opposed to Austin. But – the way his visits have panned out and the buzz coming back is it seemed like this has been Texas's race to lose. And that's only kind of strengthened over the course of the summer. You guys are hundred percent right. Um, yeah, he might have a visit scheduled to LSU and LSU is, is hoping to kind of redeem themselves for missing out on Wardell Mack. So I'm sure they'll take a nice swing at Kobe black, but Texas A&M has been the team that I think has continued to close the gap, but nothing substantial. I'm not ready to change my pick, and, and all the buzz continues to be around the Longhorns. Like Colin Simmons, like Don McKinley, he is just a priority for Texas. He has been since the start of this recruiting cycle. Um, either the way it played out with Colin Simmons, I have you know even more confidence that when it's all said and done, Kobe Black will be a part of Texas's class. They said, I had heard that his parents wanted him to be done he was able to narrow it down to five before his senior season. Will it will it last in December? Maybe. Again, I, I kind of agree with that early fall timeline. I think it just becomes too much and too stressful. But Kobe is so short on on, on saying it publicly, it's, it's hard to believe it. But when he sets it, I still believe Texas, you know, can you swing in one or two more visits? Maybe. It'll be hard to close that gap with Texas. Hey, Sam, you you – you went right into where I was going. Well, and one quick, one quick, one yeah. quick thing, Jerry. Also, remember too, Kobe's the baby of the family. His yeah. older brothers all went and played college athletics, and they left. Yeah, they left home. Yeah, I can tell you right now, mom and dad—they're not pushing proximity, but that's their baby, yeah, and yeah. mama loves the idea of being an hour away from campus. That Mr. Keith Black made sure I understood that part of it, and so. That's another factor with Kobe. His brothers, older brothers, all left. They yeah. left the nest. Kobe has the opportunity, the baby of the family, to stay closer to home. I think that's a bigger factor than, than that's uh, being noted. 100%. That's why Texas, Texas A&M, where this decision was going to come down yeah. to. Uh, Sam, Wardell Mack, you were over there earlier this week, and he committed to Florida. That didn't surprise me after being down at Marrero, Eric, because he just – you guys, we've done this long enough to know when you talk to a kid, you see a little difference in their tone 
And when Wardell talked about Florida, I was like, hmm, this kid's like Florida for a few years. Um, that's if it's probably been LSU and Florida on his mind for a while. But since his commitment, that's why we call him a commitment, right? They don't sign till December, Sam. He's going to you reported for on three. He's hmm. supposed to be in Austin this next weekend for the Rice game. Supposed to return to Florida State for Miami. We all know he'll be in an LSU game this year. So, Sam, what were your takeaways? Kind of what are your thoughts on the Wardell Mack recruitment right now? Because obviously Billy Napier, Jabbar Jaluk, and Corey Raymond have their hands full to hold on to him. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, you, you got you you said we spoke after you came back from from the West Bank and you thought tech you thought Florida might be the team to beat, which to me was is not surprising, like you said. But based on the, the long span of his recruitment, Sark has identified Wardell Mack. Terry Joseph has identified Wardell Mack as a top target in the state of Louisiana in this 2024 cycle. You guys are already familiar with Dominic McKinley and names like Collage Cobbins, who, again, were on Sark's board very early on. Um, so when it, when it came to the out-of-state swing that he was making this spring and then getting back to Texas for that big official visit weekend we're talking about in June – the buzz out of that visit was Texas. Um, after right before Jerry saw saw Wardell, I went and talked to him, and it seemed like he his connection with Sark was was paramount in this. What we weren't discounting is obviously Billy Napier um, has incredible Louisiana ties from his time at UL. Yeah. Um, Corey Raymond is a Louisiana guy. Jabbar Deluca is a New Orleans guy. And after the grill in the Ville, Florida kind of kicked it into overdrive and was able to close because we know that his mom and dad wanted a decision done before his senior season. No doubt. I can assure you this, I can assure you this recruitment is far from over. He already has his next visit to Austin set and he already has a trip to head to Tallahassee in November. So I, I, I do also believe that Wardell Mack is going to be an early enrollee. I can't confirm that. He is. Um, But, but this, but he is going to take another swing. He's going to be back at Texas, back at LSU, back at Florida and Florida State to be 100% this time. I think I said this off air, Jerry, I said 85 90% sure when he committed to Florida. Let's see when 100 at some seasons with one of these schools. Yep, no doubt about it, Sam. Uh, next guy we're going to hit on, um, again, joined by Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3 and Sam Spiegelman, uh, a national recruiting analyst of On3. Uh, we're going to hit Ryan Wingo now. Um, kind of Five-star Saturday with a couple of high four-star guys mixed in there. Uh, Ryan Wingo, another guy who December sounds great at the beginning of this process. Then you make all the June visits. Now December is not likely. <laughs> and we're move, more, more moving into an October-ish decision. Uh, I'm going to set the tables for, for you guys on this. Uh, unofficial visit September 16th to Texas scheduled. Unofficial visit September 30th to Tennessee scheduled. Um, Missouri, obviously, with the new NIL legislation in that state, that's taken a lot of the headlines, especially with Williams Mooneri uh, committing to Missouri and breaking the hearts of Oklahoma fans. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you, Justin, second on this. Ryan Wingo, from the national perspective, yourself, Chad Simmons, what are you guys hearing on that recruitment right now? Yeah, I think if a decision were to be made today, I, I like Texas's chances. I think Texas was the big winner of the summer. Um, you're talking about a kid that has had different leaders throughout a very polarizing two or three year stretch at this point. Um, you're talking about Tennessee and Notre Dame and Michigan have all had Georgia even at one point probably out in front for Wingo. 
But after visits to Texas and A&M this summer, I think it's safe to say that, that and also Missouri, um, I, I do think that if a decision was made on August 26th, it would probably be the Longhorns. I really like the way that they position themselves for Ryan Wingo. The, the complete NIL legislation situation that has underwent, been undergoing in Missouri has changed the landscape where Missouri was able to close the gap very quickly with williams Noary. And I think that Ryan Wingo, the longer this plays out, it benefits the home state school like Missouri. We do know that he's expected back in Austin next month, and that visit could, you know, close the deal. I mean, this has been a really hard-to-read recruitment, given how many twists and turns we've had. I put my pick in for Missouri with the ex- expectation that the longer it goes, I like the in-state team always. Um, but right now, I think Texas and then Tennessee are the two teams to also really be considering. And, Justin, um, let's point this out. Is uh, That decision's – going to come a little bit earlier because he's a midterm enrollee as well and so with that nil legislation not digging too deep into the weeds on that every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But the, the whole deal with that is you can't sign a letter of intent until you are enrolled at a university or December date, right? And then February if you wait. But if you sign grant and aid scholarship papers, which is different from the national letter of intent with, say, a Missouri then you can legally now start getting NIL money, okay? Obviously, that law or legislation set up to benefit the University of Missouri and try to keep some of those guys at home. But knowing all this, Justin, I know you've talked to Ryan and his father. You made a trip up there. Um, I, I, I think you're pretty much on par with where Sam's at in this one. But give your your take on Ryan Wingo. With, I wanted to, for Texas fans to understand how this legislation plays into this recruitment. And it is a it is a factor. I don't think it's the factor, but it's definitely a factor. Speaking with his dad this week, it, it, it's a factor. It's something they're aware of. But but Sam nailed it. This to me is a three team race. It's yeah. Missouri, Texas or Tennessee. When I went and saw him uh, last month, it was Missouri, Texas or Tennessee. Yeah. And to him, his his point of emphasis was wide receiver play. He loved what Jalen Hyatt did last year with Tennessee. He really likes Josh Heupel. He likes that offense. He's looking for production at wide receiver. And so I think that's where it comes down to those three. I like Texas because I feel like Steve Sarkeesian has prioritized him. I and mean, Chris Jackson has really amped up. He came in in late May to, you know, to, to, to East, uh, St. Louis University campus, spent the entire day there, hung out with the janitor, hung out with the principal, hung out with his teachers, hung out with the coaches. Jackson has gone all in. They're pushing all their chips into this. And I think it's, Par in part because the Micah Hudson thing is trending still more to Texas Tech, and they they, they have to hit some priorities here. Hey, 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 and also, look, Sark recruited Ryan Wingo through his coaching change at wide receiver. So when Chris he was Jackson, the primary from the start, yeah. So when Chris Jackson came in, Sark said, "Here's your guy." Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's this exactly. is where we're at with him. Arch Manning's a part of this recruitment. Here's your guy. Ryan told me, and what was funny, Ryan, I said, Ryan, what would be the ideal situation for you to commit? And he said, 
the day of signing day. I would drive to the to the to, to the facility. I would sign the letter of intent, take all the pictures. Then I would drive to the airport and head to college. That's ideal for him. And I said, well, well, now that sounds like somebody who's getting out of his home state, by the way. <laughs> and I, and I said, well, how likely is that? And he goes, well, that's, that's my reaction to that, Justin. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to take every data point as it is. Like Sam said, yeah. we're like detectives, we got to take all these data points. I like where Sam's at. I think Texas is in a great spot now, but man, watch Missouri. I know. They've always been hanging around the rim. He's got family and friends in that on that team. He he knows people. There's a lot of familiarity. And then the whole proximity factor is as well, because don't forget, he's had older brothers that went and played college ball, and they 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 wind up staying relatively close for the most part. And so him getting back in Austin in week three to me is going to be big. That's going to tell us, I think, where this is going to go because I could see a decision after the Tennessee visit. Yeah, I could see a decision like Texas, go see Texas, go see Tennessee. If neither one of them win him over, I think it could be Missouri. But he's going to give Tennessee and Texas one more like crack at it, and either it could go either way in that regard. All right, again, Justin Wells, Sam Spiegel, myself. I'm going to talk Brandon Baker for a minute because there's not as much new going on there. Y'all get y'all's thoughts together on Terry Bussey. We're in with Terry Bussey. Uh, Brandon Baker, <laughs> y'all have done a lot of talking. I've done a lot of hosting. I'm going to do a lot of talking for a minute and a half here. Brandon Baker, five-star offensive tackle out of modern day, uh, has Nebraska scheduled for September 16th. That's the next big date in this recruitment. There's not a lot new for me to add on this one, honestly. He's got that Nebraska visit coming up September 16th. Texas is going to be one of two finalists. The question is, is it going to be Texas and Oregon? Is it going to be Texas, Ohio State? Or could Nebraska, throwing every kitchen sink in Lincoln and Omaha, get into this thing for real? I don't see it right now. We'll see after the official visit. The other key after that is can Texas get Brandon Baker back on campus? They have been targeting September 30th for the Kansas game. That's because DeAndre Carter was scheduled to officially visit Texas then. But DeAndre Carter's committing tomorrow. Uh, sorry, he's committing on September 3rd. That's either, next Sunday. Yeah, either to Auburn, which is the favorite, Texas or Michigan State. He hasn't made an official visit to Texas, guys. So uh, Auburn's the favorite there. So can Texas get both of those guys back on campus on the 30th? Because I'll guarantee you this. I was told this week, even if DeAndre Carter commits to Auburn, Texas isn't backing off. They're still going to work to get him on that visit September 30th. So that's going to be the interesting thing with Brandon Baker. From the Texas perspective, what does Texas have going for him? Christian Jones is a senior at right tackle. While Cam Williams is a very talented player, he hasn't started a game as a right tackle. And unless Christian Jones is hurt this year, this year, Cam Williams will have no starts in two years. So there's that. So Brandon Baker, being an early enrollee, could come in and te- technically see himself competing at right tackle right away, at least be number two on the depth chart with his talent level. So there's that. The family, the mom is related to the Akana family. Uh, so that is Tassili Akana, freshman edge prospect. The sisters on the national championship volleyball team, which got upset by Long Beach in the season opener last night. Uh, that was unexpected. But so Texas has that going for him. Jordan Davison, 2025 running back. Texas, Ohio State right now. Those two guys are close, maybe closer than some other guys on that team. We're learning as this process goes on. But again, Oregon was a big leader at the beginning of this recruitment. His brother played at Oregon. Uh, he's been on the Oregon campus more than anywhere else. 
Ohio State, I think, has done a good job with Brandon Baker. The question is, you know, people have asked, is Oregon going to the Big Ten? Does that really help uh, Oregon with Brandon Baker? I don't think that has much of a difference in this recruitment. I think if he does, if he goes somewhere other than Oregon, he just wants to do something different than where he's always gone. His brother played there. I think that could be a big part of it. And Oregon's had, you know, they've had so much coaching turnover. Um, you know, it's hard to trust the coach is going to be there long term. I mean, that's just the reality. If you look at the history of Oregon here in the last uh, 10 years or so uh, from a coaching perspective. But Kyle Flood, Steve Sarkeesian have done a really good job with the family. All right, moving on to Terry Bussey, five-star athlete out of Timpson uh, High. Um, look, didn't play week one, still coming off the knee injury. Um, Sam, I'll, I'll let Justin go last on this, then we'll kind of ping-pong back and forth our closing thoughts. Terry Bussey announcing September 28th. I think we all believe AM's the favorite there. Yes. He's scheduled to be, yeah, for sure, right? He scheduled. He stayed that official visit for AM for after the decision, if that is yeah. an indicator. Exactly. He's going he's gonna to visit LSU, right? He's going to visit Alabama. Where is he going to be on the 16th? Is it going to be at Texas? Is it going to be at AM? They both have home games that day. So he'll probably be on one of those campuses. So, Sam, uh, I know you talk with Bussy, people close to that recruitment. What are kind of your thoughts on Terry Bussy here with a decision a month away? Yeah, the, it's it's been about when, not if, with with A and M and Terry Bussy. I mean, this yep. is the fir- the first school that extended him an offer back in you know before his junior year, and TJ Rushing, Jimbo Fisher, Damian Craig, you name it, has been involved in the recruitment of Terry Bussy. Then he decided to take a nice little SEC swing this spring. You saw Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee. And guess what? The Crimson Tide and Hallman Wiggins caught his eye. Um, you know, this summer was really interesting because he saw Texas again. Um, and he made it to Oklahoma. And there was actually some buzz about his connection with Emmett Jones over there at Oklahoma. Um, and then he, just, he made a trip to Baton Rouge. And very quickly, there was some buzz about Baton Rouge. He comes from East Texas, which Justin... Of course, can tell you everyone in East Texas is either from Texas or Louisiana. <laughs> so his family was really excited about the possibility of LSU. And, and guess what? LSU has missed on a lot of these wide receiver targets. Um, they've missed on a couple of these DB targets. And they're they're trying to get this five-star from East Texas with family ties to LSU um, back on campus. They got him for his last official visit before he'll make his September 28th decision. He'll be back in Tuscaloosa at the beginning of the month when Texas plays Alabama in the biggest college football game of the month. Um, But yeah, after visiting College Station in July, it was kind of confusing why he didn't make his decision before his, you know, senior season. That seemed to make the most sense. I still like A&M. It seems like a lot of teams giving their last ditch effort. Maybe he just wants to take a couple more OVs, make sure he gets everything out of the way because he doesn't want to be a kid. I'm sure Justin can speak to this, that, that flips or decommits at any point. I think it's still A&M's race to lose until further notice. Justin, this feels like Kobe Black's recruitment in reverse, where, where Kobe's been a lean to Texas, and we've always said, who's the team that can really challenge Texas, right? And it, it's going to end up being A&M, maybe LSU. Okay, Terry Bussey's been an A&M lean, and it's been – Who's going to challenge Texas A&M? Who could change the course of his recruitment? I think we're about to find out here in the next uh, 27 or eight days if somebody can. Yeah. You know, Sam Sam absolutely nailed this. I think Texas A&M has pushed the longest. They pushed the hardest. 
They've built the best relationship. Um, you know, Draylon Miller, Ty Anthony Smith, Dalen Evans, what do they all have in common? They live they're next to you and they're all going to AM. <laughs> they're all going to AM and they're all recruiting Terry on a daily basis. Are you are you flipping the AM soon, Justin? <laughs> hey, I'm not. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not because I'm not getting trapped doored by Jimbo, but I'm gonna tell you what, I think this is what Terry's doing. And and Sam kind of hinted at this. He knows, I think he has a pretty good idea where he wants to go, and he's allowing the month of September to prove it to him. Yeah. I think he's going to go. He's going to hit Oklahoma next week. He's going to hit Alabama, Texas, you know, week two. That week three weekend is going to loom pretty large. If he winds up in Austin, they've got a puncher's chance, but I still feel like A&M is the team to beat. I still feel like they got, they're going to have to overcome a lot because Texas didn't start really pushing That's until That's three or four months ago. Yeah, and it was really odd. And, you know, they changed contact, primary contacts with him. It went from Terry Joseph to Chris Jackson. Here's one thing that I always get asked about Terry Bussey. And I ask him constantly, and, and his answer never changes. Well, where does he prefer? Does he want to play offense or does he want to play defense? Because sometimes that's an indicator of where he might go, where the school's recruiting him. He does not care. He is not one or the other. Terry is such a consummate, coachable kid. He'll go and play where the coach tells him. I said, if you go to Alabama, what's going to happen? He goes, I'm going to get coached by Nick Saban, probably at DB. I said, if you go to LSU, what's going to happen? I'm going to get coached probably at DB, maybe receiver. If you go to Texas, oh, they like me at receiver. I'll probably wind up playing receiver if I go to Texas. A&M's the same way. They haven't picked a side for him. They just said, look, we'll take you and just figure it out when you get on campus. Terry isn't a type of kid that's going to tell a coach what he wants. When the coach asks him where to go, Terry's just going to go. Understand this, too. Terry is going to in, arrive in college with an associate's degree. Terry is incredibly smart. Well, he's, he's 50 from, hours ahead of me. That's not good for me. He was, <laughs> he's way ahead of me, too. <laughs> Listen, this kid, when you're all state in four different sports yeah. and – you're graduating early and you've got an associate's going in. This kid is so prepared. He's such a program building type kid, type piece. I don't know what his best position is. And I honestly think it's defense because his number one attribute on offense is actually his arm. <laughs> he is incredible arm at quarterback. It's not necessarily his speed, his twitch, hands or anything like that. I think he's an ideal nickel. But I'm going to let the college coaches that make a lot more money than I do figure that out. At the end of the day, this is Texas A&M's uh, to lose. Sam was all over that. And I think this month of September is Terry's version of, let's see if anybody else can change my mind. I will say this. He talked pretty nicely about Nick Saban in Alabama on Thursday night. And he talked pretty nicely about LSU. He's going to give those guys a legitimate shot. But the fact that he's saving his OV in October for A&M tells me, Unless somebody just wins him over September 28th, it's going to be the Aggies. And that recruitment will end. Terry okay. will not so, decommit. So one other thing. Let's let's point this out about this recruitment. We're talking about college, smaller college town, college station, smaller college town, Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, but Norman, near Oklahoma City. But nothing's as big as Austin. He's from Timpson, Texas. Okay. That's why that's East Texas kids prefer A&M a lot of times because why. of the – That's the point, right? Especially right. the small, small town guys, right? Your two-way yeah. guys. You're, you're guys where there's two light, red lights, right? I mean, 
that's Austin feels very big to some of those guys. Uh, again, thank you very much to Justin Wells uh, of Inside Texas on three, Sam Spiegelman, a national analyst for on three, for joining us for some Saturday uh, on Texas football recruiting talk. Um, final thing for me, guys. Dominic McKinley on on uh, next Friday, September first. If he commits to Texas. How much does that help the momentum? I mean, look, Colin Simmons was obviously huge. But if Donovan McKinley goes Texas way, then, you know, teams have a tougher, even a tougher time with Kobe Black at that point, right? I mean, that Don, I'll give you all each something to say on that. But if Don McKinley goes Texas way, what does that do for Texas um, momentum here uh, to start the month of September with decisions coming up by Kobe Black, Ryan Wingo, Brandon Baker in the next 30, 35, 40 days? I don't think it has that much of an impact to be. See, I think guys run their own race. I think guys yeah. run their own lanes within the NIL world more and more. Colin and Kobe are closer. They talk on a regular basis, especially since the, the, the visit in June that they're closer. But when you start talking about the out of state kids, look, we're in a day and age where social media connects all of them. They, yeah. they, and they, they get group texts and group chats and, 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 you know, they're, they're all and they and that's actually how you keep classes together is you engage these recruits with each other. They build relationships and bonds and it makes them harder to decommit or change their mind. And so but they're running their own race. I, I don't I don't it'll look great nationally. You know, we got we'll have a national guy there. Sam's going to be there and, and see the whole thing. It's going to look good nationally. It's going to be a good buzz for Texas for 24 to 48 hours. I just don't know how much of a domino it's going to have unlike a Colin Simmons and unlike the year before an Arch Manning, so to speak. And that's not to take away from Dom because, every, you know, if you're going to the SEC and you don't recruit guys that look like him, you will lose and lose badly. And so Texas is trying to prep. They're trying to get ready for it. But I don't think McKinley's re recruitment is going to have – the only thing it's going to do, Jerry, is probably shut down D-line recruiting. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Sam, uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I want to I want to give a more national perspective, but I have to give a Louisiana perspective. This would, right. in theory, what this says about Steve Sarkeesian and his staff from a national and a regional ang angle. We have Texas to Louisiana all on this call. Is going into Louisiana, a state that is traditionally run by LSU, and last year you got Arch Manning, a five star plus, a legacy, um, an SEC legacy, and and that was that was a colossal win. It was a pro potentially a program-altering recruitment yeah. for Steve Sarkeesian. And then he got Derek Williams on top of that. And that is a kid that if he if he's not in the rotation this year, I'll be shocked. But if he's not an All-American in two or three years, I'll be even more shocked. Agreed. And I thought that was, a, that was a statement in itself. Now, if you can go into Louisiana and get another five-star who's at the top of this state rankings, he's number 17 in the on 300 for us in 2024. And it's from a state where, as Justin pointed out earlier, no matter who the coach is, Nick Saban, Les Miles, or Ed Orgeron, they have always gotten the number one defensive lineman in the state. That's They've usually had to fend off Alabama. Well, the person who was engineering a lot of that was Bo Davis. I think this would be a massive statement for Steve Sarkeesian and his staff as they prepare for the SEC. Colin Simmons and Kobe Black are must-gets because they are in the state of Texas. So they are absolutely necessities. This, as what we call in Louisiana, is lanyard. And, you know, some of the coaches on that staff understand what that means. It's extra. But if you get someone like Dom, you are tooled to make that SEC transition. You imagine a defensive line with Colin Simmons and Dominic McKinley and Melvin Hills, who is having a, is going to have a great senior season. 
that is already a formidable group to build around. We know what they've been doing in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. I think this would be the kind of class where they start to really turn the corner on defense too. And that'll do it for this Saturday's uh, little recruiting discussion here on On Texas Football. I'm going to leave everybody with one thing at the end of that. Currently, Texas is scheduled to have an assistant or two at that game on September 1st when Acadiana and Lafayette Christian Academy play. I hope so. And I'm guessing one of those guys is going to be Bo Davis. So we'll see what happens September 1st when Dominant McKinley announces out of Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma. For Justin Wells and Sam Spiegelman, this is Jerry Hamilton. Thank you guys for joining in, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. We have a couple of great shows tomorrow on On Texas Football, including the Sunday night live stream. Rod Babers will be back, and we'll start getting into that Texas Rice game. Uh, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers now part of the On Texas Football YouTube team full-time. So we'll talk to Rod and Bobby Burton Sunday night. Thank you, uh, Texas fans, uh, for joining in today, and you guys have a great weekend.